We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hi, hello. It is Josh Bowe, uh, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Mavericks beat the Charlotte Hornets 116-100 in a fairly convincing road win that was much needed after the, frankly, disaster. I don't know if disastrous is the right word, but just the disheartening loss to the Washington Wizards at the buzzer on Friday night. I'm here with Kirk Henderson. Uh, Kirk also wrote the recap tonight, so he's doing double duty. And because of that, I Kirk, I just kind of want to immediately throw it to you for your immediate thoughts since you just published the recap and, and you've got some some fresh thoughts about this game, which really hard to pick a complaint out of, just a solid win. Now, it's a great example of just how random the NBA can be. And for there's a lot of talk these days about how we ought to shorten the schedule and I'm not sure by how much they could ever do it because when you play these games, there's just some, some nights you're just not going to hit. And the Mavericks, you know, against the Wizards last night were really bad for about a half offensively and then figured it out and then lost on because of a number of reasons, which I discussed last night. And the fact that they came out really, they came out kind of sloppy against the Hornets. It's just that the Hornets were much sloppier. And that allowed Dallas to get going. Seth Curry came in off the bench. You know, he, he's been in the league for a while. And I think this was only the fourth time he's ever played in his hometown, just for, you know, whatever reason, injuries and whatnot. So he was really excited to play. He, you know, he, he passed his brother. He's now the league active leader in alt and, and three point percentage by like five thousandths of a point. It's really <laughs> hilarious. Um, and he gave them kind of the spark and they got ahead by 21 and essentially held on to that lead the entire game. Yeah, I don't think I think even in the fourth quarter when it when, you know, it got a little uh, sloppy, it wasn't it like it never got under 15 points. Like it was never there was never really concern after that. The first like half of the first quarter, like it was pretty, 
pretty nice wire to wire win, which even in the Mavericks wins recently, I don't know, you know, they just haven't had too many of those in the last few weeks. Uh, Curry was great. Um, I thought that, you know, you said they started sloppy, but I thought at least there was at least some more of a defensive edge or just intensity. And with this Mavs team, we know that they don't have a stable of like reliable defenders, but at least the the effort and there seem they just seem to be more on the same page. It it at least looked like the way they played tonight at least looked like they gave a crap about that loss on Friday. And even though they did start off the first quarter a little sloppy, that you know it, there was there was a sense of purpose in the way they played. I know I'm kind of just getting into to vagueness, but like it just. It, it just looked like a different team from the night before, despite the fact that they're on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good to see. And especially like, I think we talked about this before the wizards game. We talked about how the Hornets are kind of a bad matchup for the Mavs. I know you yeah. brought that up because of Rogier and uh, Graham, like small guards, just small guards that can shoot off the dribble, just murder this team with the way that they kind of play conservative pick and roll schemes and and the the guards aren't all you know outside of delon Wright, there's not a lot of guards on the Mavs roster that are great defenders so that was good to see them kind of take care of business handle that and just put it not give a team daylight even when things got a little little hairier in in the fourth quarter you know the hornets outscored the Mavs 35 to 22 and like you know but but it never got it never got to a point where you went like okay uh, something something bad's about to happen. Like the Mavericks yeah. kind of just held on a little bit there. Yeah, I I would say you know an underrated part of last night's game, which I briefly touched on in the pod last night, and then a big part of tonight's game was just how well Willie Cauley Stein played. And he's a guy that I think he's going to drive us crazy for a variety of reasons. But it was really fun to see him try really hard in his very narrow role. Um, He rolled to the basket hard. He, in the third quarter, uh, the Hornets made a really, you know, they they started on a a run, you know, when the, when the score was still, I don't know, the score was like almost 30 points at this point. And he gets a, he basically got a free layup on a, on a fast break. And he punted it out to Tim Hardaway who connected on a corner three. And that play right there is really interesting to me, even though it's just one play, in that he seems to understand what the Mavericks want to do. And if he can play hard every third night (laughs) (laughs) in his limited role, then that's going to be really helpful for Dallas. He... I, I I just don't know, you know, he he's not shown it so far in his career that he has the motor for this. But 25 minutes, 7 of 7 from the floor, 15 points, 10 rebounds, and a plus 25. Like, that's excellent. And I, I just, I really wanted to highlight that because I'm not sure, I, I, I think he, I'm going to be yelling about it at some point in the next couple of weeks. But this is why you don't sink a ton of money into centers. Because he can do that just as well as a Drummond can. <laughs> like, it's it's interesting. It's just the way the league is now. And I was just really pleased to see it. Yeah, and I think you made a really good point about how they just need it every third night, like, off the off the bench, uh, typically, or in a spot start when Kristaps is resting on the night of a back-to-back, like, like tonight. 
Like, I think the thing, you know, I'm sure if any of our Kings friends listen or when they read our tweets around the site, they're just kind of chuckling whenever we talk about Collie Stein. But, you know, the thing with him in, in Sacramento was, you know, he was the sixth overall pick and he was a starter. And it's obvious that he just wasn't going to live up to that with his inconsistencies. But maybe as a guy in this role where he comes off the bench and he plays 15 minutes or he does a spot start or hell, maybe he doesn't, you know, necessarily come off the bench consistently like every every night maybe that's a way that you can channel his good and limit his bad uh, you know as much Mm -hmm. as possible and the with the lower lowered expectations it feels like really for me i just need him to fill minutes like Mm -hmm. i don't need i don't need to see him do a 15 and 10 and two blocks like tonight i just need him to play 25 minutes and the mavericks don't lose terribly in the minutes that he plays uh or play, you know, however many minutes he needs to play. Like, he just needs to eat up minutes with Palgon, and everything else is a bonus. So, on that front, you know, that's great. And I want to I highlight that even though he did have a real, you know, he did have a solid game tonight, I think there was a play in the third quarter where he got an offensive rebound. And, you know, with the new rules in the NBA, it only resets to 14 seconds on the shot clock. And he spent seven of those seconds kind of aimlessly posting up and pounding the ball and then passing it out. And the and the possession was was toast after that. And I was like, yeah, like that's just – those are the plays he's going to make. And there's nothing really you could do about it. So you just kind of hope that, uh, you know, he can deliver outside of those kind of uh, screwball-y kind of moments. And he kind of did that tonight. Yeah. Other than that, there's really not a ton to to take away from this because when you get this high up and then they held on to it through the second quarter and by midway in the third when the lead was nearly 30 points, at that point in the game, there's not really much of a reason to watch. And with Luca <laughs> out, with Berea out, with Powell out, with Antonius Cleveland coming up, with you know Justin Jackson being unbelievably atrocious in his, you know, he was a negative six in three minutes tonight. Congratulations, Justin. Uh, missed two point blank layups. Like there wasn't really a lot for, for Carlisle to do. He had to keep playing all his <laughs> players because there's just nobody left at that point. Um, it was very funny. Like Ryan Brokoff had a randomly hysterical box score game, six points, nine rebounds and four assists. <laughs> yeah that's great in 16 minutes in 16 minutes like i think he passed to seth curry every time which is a genius strategy when a guy's on fire like that uh you don't sometimes nba players aren't that you know they're not that cognizant and broke off just kept finding him it was really funny to watch um other than that there's just you know you're you're glad to get the victory you're glad to go home they have two more games until the all-star break and this was very clearly one of these games that I talked about last night where, except it was the Hornets instead of the Mavs, who are just trying to make it through. These guys see their break. They see their, like, seven-day vacation time. And, you know, you lose focus for a minute in the NBA and you end up getting beat. Yeah, that's uh, a nice – it's kind of a reminder that they are kind of like us because I'm definitely uh, in the office on a Wednesday, the weekend before a holiday break or something, and I'm looking at the clock and I'm kind of looking through my emails and just not (laughs) all the way there. So I can relate a little bit to that. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, you know, Jackson playing three minutes. Like I think that's the last thing I really want to touch on. Like on the second night of a back to back him playing only three minutes. I just wonder if they Rick Carlisle has reached the breaking point with him. And I wonder if, 
if going forward, you know, Luca is there's a chance he comes back on Monday against the Jazz. And I wonder if Jackson's playing, you know, if Rick only plays him three minutes tonight without Luca, Luca comes back, that's 33 minutes of wing minutes back in your rotation. I wonder if we've seen the last of Jackson playing meaningful minutes of basketball in Dallas. Yeah, I don't necessarily think he's first on if if the reports of uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist are, are true. I don't think Jackson is up just because they're over the cap and like cutting him. I don't think it serves any real purpose to the cap situation. Right. I, I just think, wonder if he's benched, not yeah. necessarily cut. Yeah. Like, yeah I wonder I if do. he's. He's a spot I, guy now. I mean, I said that last night. I don't yeah. think he needs to play again. He's right. that bad. He <laughs> he's just he's just unbelievably bad. I I am just baffled um, <laughs> at how non-functional he is. It's he can't like like now that I'm not mad. I can say this like he can't be this bad. This is like a pitcher who has the yips because some of the things that he does shouldn't be possible for a former ACC player of the year. Like this guy was touted. He's not, you know, he might not be, you know, a, an NBA rotation player, but he's playing like a guy who doesn't belong in the league right now. And I just, I, I just can't fathom that from some of the bursts we've seen. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that's crazy is uh, not to harp, you know, obviously the Mavs had a good game, but like even in Sacramento when he wasn't putting up great seasons, he was always kind of around 44, 43, 45% from the floor overall. He's shooting 39.5% from the field. Uh, he's shooting a, a career low 47.8% on two pointers. And when you consider Jackson's not taking mid rangers, mid range shots, that two point percentage uh, looks a lot worse. Like, mm-hmm. he, so that's weird. Like, that's just. That's yeah. That's not something you could really expect. So I, I think I agree with you. He he's he's not great, but like this is this is worse than even the idea we have of him in our heads. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to go over before we get out of here? Since this was such a good solid win, do you want to talk about MKG real quick, or wait for that to become more official, or or what do you think? I mean, I'm sort of kidding, but the main thing I want to know about Michael Kidd Gilchrist is if the Dallas Mavericks do add him, has there been another team in NBA history that has three dudes with hyphenated last names? <laughs> I'm I, mean, sh- I, I just want to know. It's like one of those obscure things that I have no idea how to research, and I can't think, you know, it's it's. I might have to ask uh, Pro Hoops History, Curtis Harris, to see if he can come up with anything ridiculous, because it's truly interesting, like, this is, it's just one of those things that's in my head, but otherwise, no, I don't want to talk about him because it's a rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> okay that's fair. That might be a, uh, Bobby Corolla, our friend at maz.com. That might be a good question for him. And I wonder if that like sneaks into the broadcast at, uh, mm-hmm. during MKG's first game. Yep. Uh, Cause that sounds like something that they would look up, but okay. Well, otherwise, then let's just get out of here. Uh, it's Saturday night, you know, so why not? Mavericks, right. <laughs> Mavericks again, beat the Hornets 116, 100, Mavs next game will be Monday night at home against the Utah Jazz. Uh, indicate there are in early indications that this might be the return of Luka Doncic. Uh, Rick Carlisle originally ruled Luka out for six games, and this was this game against the Hornets was the sixth game. So we'll see if he practices. We'll have to check the injury report, but you know we are now yep. officially out of the point where there's a chance he could get back on the floor. So we'll be looking for that. Either me, Kurt, me and Kirk, or one of us will be talking with you after Monday night. 
So you've been listening to Mads Moneyball After Dark, and we will talk to you Monday after the Jazz game.